Flashbacks. Flashbacks. Past players. Past legends. Past legends. We welcome aboard Brett James, Kersbrook legend, obviously Nord legend, and Adelaide, Adelaide dual premiership player and also Collingwood player. And I rec- I'm trying to work it out whether you ended up cracking the 600 senior games uh, milestone, James. You're, you're certainly very close, but welcome aboard, Brett. Hi, guys. How are you going? Thanks for joining us, mate. Um no, that's no go, no problem. We like to start with everybody, uh, obviously uh, playing in the Hills Footy League. Is that where you started your junior career? Yes. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, grew up on the um, on the farm and played, yeah, for Kersey when I was young. I actually went and played for Teacher Gullies. I think I was when I started, I was four, playing under 14, so I didn't do much Damage. What, what started? How come you started so late, Jamesy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, Mum wouldn't let me play any earlier than that. Nah, <laughs> it was just one of those things. I was just making up the numbers. Um, and then I got to about seven and I played under eights and nines at Teacher Gully. And then I went back and, and played again at Kersbrook. Um, yeah, in the under, because we only had under 14s back then. So, um, and you did play under 14s when you were when you were five, and you did kick a goal in your first year, briefly too. So that's that's not a fair yeah, I did. bad effort. At As the I age said, of five. that was yeah. I I did not took a mark at the top of the goal square and just cleared everyone on the mark. That was about all <laughs> I was good for back then. Very good. Um, obviously, uh, your ambition uh, was to play uh, SNFL uh, football and then obviously playing at, at the high level as well. Did you have those ambitions as a young fella? Yeah, I was a Nord fanatic. So, yeah, growing up, it was it was to play footy for Nord. Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to do. Like, basically, it was, yeah, play for Nord. And um, and probably, yeah, when, I, when you go through my kind of career and that, it's kind of weird when people say that was my aim. The, today's generation don't understand. They go, what do you yeah. mean, Nord? But back yeah, then, exactly. that was, the SNFL was as, as, you know, as big as, any other comp in, this, in yep. Australia. So for me, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to play for Nord. And so, Beefy, you um, played at played at Nord. So from about twelve, you played in a couple under seventeen flags in eighty eight, eighty nine, and then played Till Cup under Alan Stewart in eighty nine. So, yep. Was that under eighty eight, eighty nine? Was that still staff? And trying to think. Yeah, I still had yep. staff. Yep. yep. So, go through that, Beefy. Yeah, well, that's a fantastic coach. Um, so, yeah, basically, um, yeah, first year I came in, and as I said, I'd come from the country. I was kind of one of the – there weren't too many to come down from from that way, you know, from the from Adelaide, Adelaide Hills. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I was just making it up as I went along to a degree, just trying as hard as I could. And, yeah, I was just lucky that um, staff played me a bit all over the place. When I started, I played a bit forward. Um, kicked a few goals, um, then went back, um, played back for probably six or eight weeks, forward for, you know, a month, six weeks, and then ended up in the middle and played there the rest of the year. And, um, yeah, it gave me really good development and actually being able to play pretty much anywhere. Were, were you re- recruited by Nord directly out of Kersbrook? Well, back then we had, they had, like, 
there was Norwood's skill squads. Um, so I went back there when I obviously from primary school. So I think I, I went down when I was about 11 yep. um, and went through all them, like under 12, 13, 14, 15s. And once when I came out of the 15s, I, I kind of um, rolled into the under-17s and played a couple of years of that, yeah. What about the Till Cup under Alan Stewart? Of course, Alan Stewart, an extremely well-respected junior coach. Uh, how was that experience? Yeah, well, it was... We played it um, in Melbourne the year I was. That was yep. in 1989. So we were actually the game before the eighty nine State of Origin. Yeah. So the week before, I think I played in front of probably 150, 200 people at Norwood in the under-17s. And when we walked off the oval, there was 95,000 there yeah, or something like that. Yeah. So it was it was a little bit different. But we we beat Vic Metro that day and um, – yeah, it was it was definitely a little bit different. We walked off and we had pies thrown at us, and yeah, <laughs> so it was yeah it was a really good experience being able to play played at um, MCG, uh, Waverley, um, and a few other uh, Junction Oval. I mean, we we made the final. We actually got done in the in the final. Uh, when was that? That was on a Friday night in the at the MCG again. Right. Do, do you? So like that was it? when Ovals were boggy. Like we were playing yeah. on muddy crappy ovals and we're all little fellas so I reckon four games in the week knocked us around a bit. Do you like the idea of the curtain raisers? It was awesome yeah I'm pretty young guy playing in front of a big crowd yeah, is absolutely. all you want to do so um, yeah it was I loved it. And then progressing through debuting in 1990 for your league debut go through that experience mate. Yeah once again I just got from 17s, I just got um, invited to the league pre-season. Um, and, yeah, just tried. Tried to be harnessed all the way kind of along. So that was um, still under Barmy? In... Yeah, so yep. I still had my first year with Barmy. Um, um, yeah, so as I said, I'd, as a young kid, you don't really expect to get there. You just see what happens. Um, so, yeah, just did the pre-season. And um, I think we had our first – they had – we had a couple of internals, and then we, we were playing Glenelg at Power Reynolds. The, the league team were going over there on a bus, and I was, yeah, I was lucky enough to make the trip. And that was kind of, yeah, a, a fair jump from playing under 17s the game before and then kind of the next year. And, um, yeah, pretty much ended up playing a pretty big chunk of the year in the, in the league team. And then, so progressing through, uh, then eventually getting uh, – Picked by, pick by Collingwood, but opting to stay the extra year at Nord in 93. Yeah, yeah, no, I, as I said, I had kind of known, I'll be honest, I had no intention of leaving. I was I was pretty happy where I was. Um, yep. You know, my aim was to play for Nord and I was doing that. So I was, you know, I was pretty happy with how everything was going. Um, and, yeah, kind of before I got drafted, I'd spoken to... Oh, quite a few clubs, and I pretty much told all of them I wasn't coming. So um, Collingwood, I hadn't, I didn't speak to, and they, yeah, they obviously um, picked me up. But it, um, yeah, most of the other clubs, I just said, no, I'm not. And it was a little bit different. A lot of people did that back then. Yeah. Um, because the lists were bigger, you didn't have to go straight away, and you kind of proved yourself over here before you. Um, before you went over. So, I mean, I think by the time I left, I'd only played 100 games. 
Which I so, think is a great upbringing, personally. So does that mean that you signed a letter of uh, intent with Collingwood, or were you still No, open? when you get drafted, I think I think you had to be there for three years. Yeah, right, like three you were on their years. list for yeah. three years. Right. And I was, I, if I hadn't gone that year, I think I would have, it would have been like, um, yeah, I would have been had to be redrafted. And then 93, Pete, I'll be honest, so go out and watch you know, Nord training. And Craig... Craig admitted as well that he sort of got him gross in the atmosphere. There was good numbers out for grand final training. And yes. I can honestly say it's the first time as a supporter started we started yelling, get him off the track. Now, Beefy didn't worry him. I've spoken about it with Brett since. With some of the other senior guys, said they were abs- said they were flat in terms of knackered when they mm. started the game. Mm-hmm. Where Beefy said, well, yeah, he, just, he was happy as a pig in shit. He was kicking the footy, you know, yes. sort of thing. But... Um, yeah, it wasn't a great day, grand final day. I admit, I think we were in the bar by about 10 minutes of the second quarter, Beefy, Erica, we may have a... Oh, it was a little yeah. bit, as I said, it was just one of those days you just don't want to get grand final day where it's windy one quarter and yeah. they got to kick with it that first quarter and they kicked six or seven, you know, oh, I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Now it was six or seven to not too much. And when that happens, you kind of, you know, we'd come from the elimination final yeah. um, and, yeah, as I said, it was it was it was as much as anything. I think it was that first quarter. I mean, who knows? You, you kick with the win yep, yourself, that's fair. And then you get on the scoreboard and made everyone feels good. But when you yeah, when you're chasing tail right from the start, um, and they were, I mean, they were a very good side. So yeah, we would have we, So we would have been pretty lucky to get over top of them. Yeah, and Weed hurt us. Weedman played very well, Zilla. And I've got to, I've got to be honest. I was, I was happy for Simon Neve. I, mm-hmm. I thought Simon Neve. Didn't receive the opportunity he should have at Nord, just personally. And Bruce yep. Winner coaching him. So at least yep. there was still a Nord flavour. We did drink our sorrows back saying, well, at least a Nord person had coached the premiership sides. <laughs> I do remember actually being at the, uh, what would it be, the northern end, sitting behind the goals and uh, sinking lower and lower into my seat on that day. So I definitely remember that one. And, yeah, you guys did look a little bit flat that day. Yeah, I mean, we were we were a very young side. When Craigie came yeah, we in, were young. he was that 91, he pretty much, to a degree, got, kept a handful of guys and then pretty much run a heap of young, you know, to boot a lot of young guys and a lot of guys came and went. Um, and the prelim final was a bloody good game against Port. So, yeah. When we beat Port, yeah. 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 No. So. Well, I mean, to a degree, I think I'm only going from memory here, but I think every final we were – they were always pretty tight, and we kind yes. of overrun them. Over got on top, kind of you know, in the second half, in most of them, I think. Yeah, no, that's um, true. So it was it was it was a bloody good effort to make the grand final. I you know, but I just still thought we were probably went over. And then so you decided to go to Collingwood, and for the first time out of the family business, of course, you'd you know the James fifth generation apple fa- apple farmers up at Kersbrook. lovely play too. I've got to be honest. When I drove up to your farm that day, James, you actually, you're not that far out of town to be country. Mm-hmm. You're sort of city country, you know, right your country, but you're not that far out. I, no, I, but that's why I've, yeah. I reckon it was great. I mean, oh, that's I a compliment, that. you know what I mean? Yeah, I know people that are country and everyone goes from the country and I go, I mean, I'm, I'm a country person, but I'm hardly a country person because yeah. in 15 minutes I'm in the suburbs. So, um, yeah, I've got, Friends from say the Air Peninsula, they've got a different perspective. Their their country, yes. they're they're way more country than I am. No, no, I thought that day going. I 
I thought you you've got the best best of both mm. worlds. That was my thought yeah. process going up meeting you at the Apple Farm that day, where I thought this is sensational, and yet we're still you know a decent screw pump from town. So I, yeah, I thought I think it's great. So yeah, yeah. I was only uh, as I said, it was never too bad. I mean, I, when I lived in Melbourne, I think it took me long to get to Collingwood, just in general traffic. Then when I was you know it was thirty five minutes to get to a football training, which is nothing if you you know for the time I lived in Melbourne, that was. That was no worries. Is it a little bit like Geelong? You know, you had the, the the balancing act of obviously being able to come down and play for Nord in the city, but also uh, head back to the farm on the weekends. Oh no, he was. Yeah, I mean, he was back. I think he was not, closer yeah. than that. Yeah, mate. yeah, wow. yeah. Sorry, sorry. What's Peter. that? Sorry, I'm saying you were closer than that. It wasn't. You were probably from your place to Nord would have been thirty, only just over half an hour, wouldn't it? Basically, yeah, no, thirty-five. Yeah, I get there yeah. about thirty-five. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So, as I said, it was it was never, yeah. Like I said, when people used to say, "Oh, you drive all that way," like a lot of people, and I went. And plus, when you when you are in the country, you kind of get used to like driving's not really an issue because you have to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, it was never it was never that far, and um, yeah, I was as I said, like like playing footy, you go go anywhere to play footy. So um, yeah, no, as I said, I was I was. You know, I think I was lucky to get drafted, um, picked by Norwood because I think they only changed the boundaries a couple of years before I kind of came through. We were West Torrens before yeah, that. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah. And then when you went to Collingwood, you uh, worked at Vic Park as uh, a curator. So that was something different? Yeah, I really enjoyed that. So they often, well, they had a um, district cricket team there um, and they often used to have, or back then they'd have some state under 21 you know, um, games there and, and that tight end second 11 type stuff. So, yeah, I used to look after practice wickets in the main wicket and obviously during the football season look after the um, the oval and, and all that. But, it really, yeah, it was really it was really good fun. I actually really enjoyed doing that. And you you were a pretty settled member of the side under Lee Matthews as well? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think Lee was kind of, yeah, had it like grooming me and had a spot, and I was gradually taking more responsibility. Like the first year, I'm only, and I said, I went over there. I had really bad, I'd done all the ligaments in my feet for most of that um, end of 93. So I actually hadn't done too much, or well, done nothing when I got up, went over there. So my fitness was way behind where it probably should have been. Um, so it took me kind of the, the year, the first year to get everything kind of heading in the right direction. And then by the second year, I'd most of the time I'd play a little bit and then I'd play the second half on the ball. Um, so I think he knew I could play around the footy and I think he was just, yeah, gradually building me up to where I could handle more time on the ball. Um, I'm trying to work out personally then, was Alicia there, there then or you were moved over to... No, I only met Alicia when I came back. Right. Yeah, right, came back right. came back Adelaide. How was it uh, playing under Lee Matthews? Uh, just give us some insight into what he was like as a coach. Oh man, I was, yeah. Like he, in terms of speaking, like he, you just could never fault him. He just, like, obviously, I was a, I was a young bloke, but just how he always sent, put words together, and and um, yeah. I mean, everyone's probably heard him on the yeah. on the TV. Mm-hmm. You kind of, you, what he says is pretty much faultless, and it was kind. Of, I found it that same. Everyone, everyone kind of used to say that he was really, you know, really hard. You know, but I'll be honest. Well, he coached a couple of years there. There wasn't too often he ever really got, you know, tied up. He was 
generally really cool and calm. Every now and again, if you did the wrong thing, there might be somebody kind of took a bullet for the group to fight to get them get them up and going. But in general, he was just a really cool, calculated coach. So a little bit similar to Barmy there that he didn't go. Yeah, well, Barmy was the same thing. Yeah. I, I remember yeah, watching Barmy. Yeah, you'd see him on the in the coach's box going off, and you'd think, oh, geez, you know, like what's going on? But I don't, I don't think Barmy ever really gave it to the group ever. Like the one year I played. And I mean, I was only very, very rarely, very rarely. I was only a very minor role player, you know, my first, in my year with Barmy. So you kind of don't get caught in the intricacies too much. But in general, Barmy was, you know, the same. He was very, he got his frustrations out in the box. I think. Yeah, Craig, Craig, he could go off, but yeah, we'll move on from that. Yeah, Craig, he did go. <laughs> Craig did go off. Yeah, and then under under Tony Shaw, that was a. Um, a little bit of a different experience, Brett? Yeah, I think oh, it was kind of one of those things. Like, sure, sure, he came in and he had a lot of ideas and plans. And um, I kind of knew by about oh, round two or three, I wasn't probably going to oh, go. As I said, Lee, I, I knew where Lee, where I was going. And whereas I think Shorey, I remember we'd played the practice games and I'd been, I'd been kind of in our better players for all of them. And I missed round one. And I kind of couldn't work it out. So I spoke to him and he goes, oh, we're playing a fast team. So, you know, we, we, we want to play all our fast guys. So but no worries. And then I had a reasonable game, obviously, in the twos. And we played Melbourne, who had Viney and Lovett, who were all yes, you know, so. slower yeah. guys. Yep. So yep. I thought, well, I'm a chance here and didn't get picked again. So I went, well, what's going on? He goes, oh, we're going to beat them with our speed. So I went, well, if you won't play me against the quick teams or all the slow teams, it's not – yeah. So yeah. it was one of those years yeah. that um, – yeah, no, I mean, people have that. Like, as I said, I think Lee kind of had us – was pushing me in a direction where he knew where I was going, and then sure he just had different plans for me. And, um, yeah, as I said, like, personally, I, they didn't make much sense, but that was the direction he went. And as I said, like, I didn't agree with Shorey, but, you know, I got on really well with him. It wasn't like we had an argument and didn't get on, like – I, that was just his perspective, so not much I can do about it. No. Now, I did warn Pete before we started. I said when Brett you know, was on, I said, there's a very, very funny story how Brett ended up at Adelaide Footy Club. So uh, I reckon you better you better feel – and Pete's Fill been me saying in, oh, yeah. he's intrigued by yeah. this. So Don't tell me. I want to hear it from the horse's mouth. Go okay, yeah, well, well, basically – Port, Port were coming in in 97, so my plan was to play with Rods because I knew Rods was going to be there. So that was kind of my plan going forward that um, we'd both end up at Port Adelaide and get to play together. Um, so I went on a – and I obviously spoke to Adelaide at the same time. Um, but, yeah, went on the footy trip with the boys. We went to Mauritius and back in those days we got faxes. So I, Eddie, our um, – Team manager, he came on, uh, was in the middle of one day. I was probably three or four in the arbor. He came over, he goes, sign this fax um, and you'll be back off to Adelaide. So I was just thinking I'm going to port because I was pretty confident that that's where I was going to end up. And I'll be honest, I didn't even look at it. I just signed it and then I know. Joined, joined in drinking with the boys as as we were over there, what, was, what we were over there for. And, yeah, then I spoke to my mum a couple of days later and she actually goes, oh, you're off to Adelaide. And I'm like, yeah, I'm coming to play with Rod. And she goes, no, you're at Adelaide. Like, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so I had a couple of days where I thought I was playing with Rod. For... Oh, so, wow. And as I said, back then there was no mobile phone. So unless I read the facts, I 
probably wasn't going to find out until somebody told me. So, yeah, had a couple of days of thinking I might be able to play with my brother. <laughs> wow. But I'm, I'll be honest. I'm, I'll be honest. I, mate, I ended up at the right club because we were pretty, you know, pretty lucky to be in that situation, you know, for the next couple of years. And you actually stood him too at one stage too, I reckon, in one of those oh, first that, showdowns. That was yeah, we run into each other a few times, yeah. 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 So the head-to-head battle there, obviously uh, something that you relished. Yeah, well, see, I'm a, I'm a Nord supporter. So I was, like I said, Nord fanatic. So Port Adelaide, I hated Port Adelaide. Yeah, good boy, um, good boy. Yeah, so I'm even a bit like that, even now. Like Roy's played there, but like even now, like I think Kenny Hinkley and he gets a bad rap. And yeah, so sometimes I feel sorry for him, but then I go watch him and they win, and then I have to put up with the hearing. <laughs> and I kind of go, I wish he'd not. Like I can, it's hard. I don't. I can't barrack for him, but there's. Every now and again, I get a bit of sympathy sympathy for them, and then someone will say something or do something, and I go, "No, nah, I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't even support you, kind of in any way." <laughs> yes, I know what you mean there. Yes, it's, yeah, we look forward to getting Rod on, and hopefully, we'll get a little bit out that I reckon Roger's still got the red and blue in him as well, well and truly. So, yeah, well, as yes. I said, we were, we were, we, we grew up. That's what we want to do. So it's kind of a, we were on that. Probably the, in terms of um, age brackets, we were in that group that grew up with a different mindset probably to the – everyone from now, you know, from once the AFL started, that was their aim, whereas we grew up – we were the last kind of guys that grew up hoping to play AFL. And then so you, your debut game for Adelaide, you played in the middle. It's the only, only AFL game my wife's ever been to. Right. So there you are. There's, a, there's a distinction for you, Beefy. Good stuff. You played in the middle against Brisbane and you had a, you had a pretty fair, fair day out that day. Yeah, no, it was yeah, it was good to boo. Um, yeah, we had a we had a good win. So yeah, first up, you know, it was good to be back home. And, um, and as I said, I probably every year. Obviously, I, my name was Beefy. Um, yeah, where, where did that time. come from? Brett, Story was... gave me that um, okay. the first year there. So they were they got they were into really heavy weights like that because West Coast had won the last few flags. Um, and they were a really big, powerful side. Yeah. So. Everyone, we were doing massive squats and <clears throat> cleans and, you know, and I had a body that when I started lifting weights, I put on, like, a, my leg, I was bit quite big. <laughs> I was, yeah, so that I got beefy. Um, and as I said, I probably did um, oh, six months of weights and then I don't think I hardly ever touched a heavy weight again because, yeah, I just had one of them bodies that, yeah, I bulked up a little bit too much and made – and the game was probably – in a changeover where it was, you know, swinging back to being able to run a little bit more. So, yeah. um, so I played, I think I was 88, 89, my first year at Collingwood at times. And like when I finished at Adelaide, I was at 75, 76. So, yeah. you know, like it took me two, three years to kind of, cause while you're training, it's hard to actually drop all, drop weight yeah. while you're still, you know, yeah. you're still doing things. So it took me two or three years and, um, to get myself my body where it probably needed to be. So, yeah, that was probably like my first year at Adelaide. That's obviously the fittest I'd, I'd been. I'd, I probably went, you know, 89, back to 84. By my third year, I was back to probably 80, 81, and then I kind of got back to that 77, 78, and every now and again I'd shed, shed a bit more and get back to that 75, was, 76. Was Neil Craig there as fitness conditioner? Yeah, that was Craig's yeah. first year yep. with the running. And as I said, I mean... When I first went over to Collingwood, everyone went, oh, you, you know, be a, 
an AFL pre-season would be hard. But I'd had Craigie. Yeah. So I went to Collingwood and it was actually easier than what Craigie. Yeah. Like Craigie used to flog us. We used to oh. run non-stop. Well, so the, like the Collingwood one, obviously the weights was a bit different. I'd never been done that heavy weights, but in terms of running, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, yeah, running was. Craigie used to flog us, so running wasn't an issue, you know. Oh, see, Craigie, Craigie himself, was, Craigie himself. See, Craigie, we, we covered this a little bit earlier on a couple of other previous guests, but Craigie and Phil Carmen used to train up at um, the Hockey Oval when Kensington Cricket Club were playing in summer, they were the yep. two fittest footballers in Australia. They were miles fitter than anyone in Victoria. Um, like Phil Carmen, they reckon he could have med- medalled in the decathlon as a decathlon. Mm-hmm. And Craigie <laughs> was a, was incredible as well. So, oh, well, Craigie, yeah. his first year coaching Norwood, like he retired, he played at North and retired the yeah. year before, and then he came out and he was coaching and he still do all the running. Like he, I'll be honest, he used to flog me. Like, I yeah. was miles bowling. Yeah, he's an incredible athlete. So, yeah. You came through. So in 90, I still say Malcolm Blight's coaching in 97 after the Crows had lost that first showdown. Just to write 18 up on the on the whiteboard is one of the great greatest ever coaching tactical mind games to have done. Guys, it's not the end of the world. There's 18 games to go. And it's, you know, Sean Wren came back the next week and it really worked. Oh, Blighty was just good because he... He knew every facet of football, and um, and I think it's, it's rare, probably, that you get sorry, uh, you get a coach that everyone actually just believes. You go, yeah, our body knows what he's talking about. So whatever he says, kind of goes. Um, so it was one of them, you know, all throughout the year. Body would say things, and I mean, the best part was body. Even at times, like body can fire up oh. probably more than any other coach I've yeah. had. But, you know, if Whitey overstepped the mark, he would actually come in and apologize. Sorry, boys, you know, that in my era, that's what we did. And um, probably overstepped it. And, and oh, you kind of respect him because you knew he, he's, he was doing things for the right reason and you knew where he was trying to get you. As I said, like, Whitey taught me more than anyone else in terms of um, just general, the general knowledge of football. Yeah, that's how Matty. Yeah, I reckon Matty Robberin describes him very well. If you could ignore the personal attacks, which some <clears throat> which some people, some players struggle with, he was the best teacher you had. And like you think back, yeah, no, to, said, to about Matty... how to tie your bootlaces up and just things like that. You just were so left field. You just wouldn't have thought wouldn't have thought of it. You know. Yeah, I mean, Matty's a perfect example of someone yeah. who it's kind of weird. I often say Matty could have been an all Australian centre half forward. Um, but Blighty made him play at centre half, you know, stay and play at centre half four because that's what the team needed him to do. Yeah. And by doing that, we won two, pre- you know, yeah. we won two premierships. He's very strict um, in his game structure and obey yeah. that game bit. Where Matty was had to stay in that inner in that inner corridor and wasn't allowed to roam. And yeah, well, restrict, that's right. Matty could have taken fifteen bit, marks yeah. a week yeah. between wing and half back. Yep. and everyone would have said how good, but it wouldn't have helped us win. So. Yeah. Um, so Matty did the right thing by, uh, you know, I've got well, so much respect for Matty because, yep. you know, the older you get, you understand the sacrifices other players make along the way. And it, it's kind of one of them things, you know, that was for Matty. He got his reward, which helped us all get a reward. Yeah. But you kind of go, he could have been a glorified centre-half forward. Oh, and massively. That many masters athletically, he was, he was incredible. Athlete. 
And that was even after breaking his leg. Anyway, what, so we got. Sorry, was the uh, pitiful Pittman a uh, bit of notice for everybody there? That was obviously quite public. Yeah, well, I kind of missed it. So I, I, we were playing Richmond, and I had I was getting stitches at quarter time. So I kind of I missed the whole the whole spray. I was, I was getting stitched up, so I, I missed that one. Obviously, got hurt all the backlash after yeah. the game, but in terms of being there, I, yeah, I missed it all. I was getting stitched up. But did it did it put the players on notice though? Did, did it come out to training the next week going, oh, geez, we we better uh, lift our game here? Oh, it's kind of I'm, it's always one of them things. It's yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a bit old, mate. You're you're always having a crack. If you're not having a crack, yeah, you're, you're kind of not going to get anywhere. So I, I mean, that's why getting sprays didn't bother me because I always yeah. figured I was having to go anyway. So yep. I mean, I've bloody gave me a few sprays along the way. Um, and, oh, yeah, they definitely – the older you get, the less you worry about getting a spray. And then, if so, you're a young bloke, they cause you a bit of grief. But yeah. um, when you, as you get older and you understand how things work, you know you know where the coach is coming from. Yeah. Um, but you kind of go, yeah, I get you. And I probably might have to, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but they don't phase you too much. Yeah. And then so you – you came back, you got injured, and then you came back right towards the end of the year, played a game for Nord, and then came back in for the grand final. Yeah, and no, I, was, I, was, I was just lucky. Um, yeah, I just nicked a quad that was oh, – it wasn't even nicked. It. I, it was a precautionary one that they said just have the week off because we were going okay, and it was still hanging around the next week in the same spot, and it kind of got to the third week. Because if I'd done it properly, that was me, my season done. And then basically Norwood, I think, had to buy the last round, so I couldn't play. Then they finished top, so I couldn't play. And before you know it, I'd missed about five, six weeks. Yeah. Um, and I just happened to play. Well, Adelaide won the prelim on the Sunday, and that was what I came back and played Played for Norwood against Port the next oh, yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. And then Modra, Modra got injured in the prelim, and you <laughs> And you came in for the grand final, so always yeah, no, always no, said no, you were the glamour full forward, beefy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't really a like for like, um, but as I said, I was just you know it's one of those things. Um, or even remember prep. I remember doing all the work and um, you know with a hope that you know we get to finals and you get to plan it. So I, re- I remember you know there were times when you're just running by yourself and you're going, you know, I hope it's all worth it. But you kind of how you prepare is the most important part of playing elite level. So I'd kind of done all the work. So kind of once I got there, I, well, I wasn't phased. I knew I was kind of yep. match ready, match ready to go, even though I'd missed a fair chunk of footy. And well, you played well in the grand final after Jamison. You know, you played down back. And, yeah, it was like you hadn't missed a beat. Yeah, it was one of those, that's the only time I played in the back lines all year. Mm. I, yeah, I basically played as a midfielder and, you know, up forward. Um, but that's probably one of those things. Craigie, but he started playing me in the back lines um, when he took over, so it was allowed me to kind of play, you know, any any position on the field. So um, yeah, they threw me back in the second half mainly, and yeah, no, it was a, it was a pretty good day. Look, great day, but then your professionalism kicked in, and you, you know, we'll get to your Hall of Fame speech, which I was privileged to be at. Um, you really wanted to play on a Nord flag, and uh, you were switched on big time very early in the week. Probably a tad more than uh, 
than, our, than the certain ruckman who managed to play them both. I think your preparation was a tad more <laughs> professional than uh, than uh, than Keats. Yeah, and than yeah, Keats, yeah, and away you no, went. As I said, I, that was my my aim growing up was to play in a, in a premiership at Norwood. So yeah, I was just lucky enough that well, I think we beat Norwood beat Centrals on the um, yeah, Sunday. On Sunday. So I remember watching that out at Wavell and yeah, so um, yeah, I'd, I'd had a few obviously on the Saturday and the Sunday and then yeah, no, it was pretty easy. I just knocked, stopped on Sunday night and went to work Monday and I remember we were, I reckon I was crutching sheep on the Monday and then went to train on Monday night and just had a normal week. So <laughs> missed out on all the celebrations. I don't think Keats did. So. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> but as, as I said, my, growing up, that's probably, people probably don't understand that. Yeah. Like Norwood's Premiership in some ways meant. Yes. Oh, it was, I always say it wasn't as big an achievement as perhaps the Adelaide ones, but in some ways it meant more because yeah. that was growing up. That's what I wanted to do. Um, so it's kind of a weird thing. I'm not, yeah, it definitely wasn't as big an achievement as, as the two Adelaide ones. But for me personally, getting to play with Roger and those type yes. of things, that was, um, it was, yeah, it probably had a different feeling to it. The, the cherry on the top. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, as I said, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good couple of weeks. With uh, with just going back to the Adelaide Premiership, there, uh, Shane Allen obviously up forward. Was that a, something that had been pre-planned during the week, or is that uh, something that came about last minute? No, no, Bloody kind of done it during the week. I, yeah. I've heard Bloody talk about it. He said he watched Shane Shane o play at full forward a couple of times for South, um, and he thought he led at the footy. Um, pretty well, so it was kind of one of those, yeah, a little bit out of the box. I mean, it's kind of weird. I think Shane might have kicked one. Kicked two at full one. forward and three from a half-back but he flank. Kicked, yeah, he kicked most of them from down back. Yeah. Yeah, he kicked most of them when he shifted down to half-back, which he generally, where he generally played. Um, yeah, so, no, as I said, Shane yeah, had It's a, quite bizarre that he kicked – everyone says, oh, what a great move playing Ellen at full forward yep. and kick five. Well, no, he actually kicked three playing on a half-back flank. So, yeah. yeah. What yeah. what was it like, uh, Darren? Watching Darren Jarman go to go to work. Well, we'd watched uh, the, the week before. It was a bit the same. We were, we were watching, obviously, when they played the Bulldogs. It was yeah. a bit the same. We'd kind of conceded defeat and put the white flag up that three quarter time. We were watching all the injured guys. We were watching at Football Park, and we'd almost thought, "Oh, where are we going for Mad Monday?" Like, yeah. perhaps we were, we were all. That was a chat at the time. You know, well, what's going to happen? We might as well start organising Mad Monday because we're six or seven down. Yeah. You know, with not much to go. And then Charles just did what he did, and you know, got us over the line. And he did it again basically the next week. Yeah. Was he as laconic on the practice track as he was on the ground? Oh, it seemed he was quite laconic on the ground. Uh, yeah, he was. Like Charles, yeah, he was. He was very. But he was also the most competitive. If you play anything for, like. Jars are serious, but if there was, you're just mucking around, it, it was just muck around. But like once you you start playing for keeps, Jars was yeah, that's pretty serious with things. But yeah. yeah, he liked playing. I wouldn't say he liked training, but no. once you start playing, Jars was Jars was yeah, he was there to play. Yeah, no, I, I was at Crow's training one day and down there, and yeah, he did make a couple of comments to me. He wasn't he wanted into training, but so um, he was. He's one of the few people that could probably have that attitude. You know, yes. like yeah. us average us average guys, if we went out there with that attitude, we, we wouldn't be even close. Isn't so it, his, his ability was just ridiculous. Isn't it amazing that Blighty had the same sort of relationship with um, uh, Darren Jarman as he did with uh, Gary Ablett Sr.? 
yeah, about the so training. It's just amazing that he allowed that to happen the way it evolved and those guys got the oh, best no, out no, of look, themselves. Yeah, I, I mean, Scars, I mean, Scar did everything. Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah, he just yeah, yeah, exactly. really like. He yeah. just did what he had to do. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas, I, as I said, I think Gary he might have missed a, missed, a, missed a few sessions. But yeah. like I said, Fudd would never miss sessions. No. He always did everything. But I wouldn't say he liked kicking the footies. He, I wouldn't say he liked running, but he liked kicking the footies. And anything to do with playing, he loved. Yeah, he was a one. Um, yeah, that's a better description. But, he was just, yeah, just he wasn't a footy nut in terms of doing extra. Yeah, but, geez, in terms of skills... He'd still practice kicking for goals till the cows come mm-hmm. in, but not just the otherwise. And move on, and then '98, you you were, uh, you know, because Nord, you weren't playing yet. You you had the chance to probably soak that one in and enjoy it a bit more. Yeah, I did. I had the full had the full week of had the full week where yeah, we got to sit back and you know really enjoy what we'd done. So um, yeah, yeah I know. Probably the first. A few of us said we're the one that. First one, I don't think you really appreciated what you you done like initially, um, and then it was, um, and then you got back to Adelaide and you went, wow, it was was pretty sweet. I'd love to do that again and probably soak it up and you know appreciate a few different things, that, you know, and to be able to do it the next year was um, yeah, just something you dream about. You don't expect it to happen, so you kicked. Um, Beefy yeah. kicked an incredible goal in the prelim final and. Uh, Few Western Bulldog supporters of trying to say where it had come out of Lemon and Sars, and yeah, let's just say a few of us were Nord supporters, and we 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 put uh, put them back in the in the spot, beefy, and just let them remind it was just just a red leg magic coming out, mate. Nah, it was asked, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was asked, mate. I put it on, I threw it on the. I mean, you know where the goals yeah, are, but yeah. you just throw it on the boot and cross your fingers, and it just it, when you have them days, it went through. So um, nah, don't worry, yeah, we, we just wanted to play along with it. Yeah, no, we just played along with it. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> we we used it to our utmost advantage. And yep. then, yeah, so move, moving on, probably I think it really surprised us that your career at Adelaide sort of came to really a bizarre, abrupt hold. It didn't seem to make much sense from the outside with 2000. Um, no, it was just probably a bit like sure, just changed your coach. And I was at that 27, 20, and it's one of, I always say, Whenever you speak to anyone, I go, once you hit 27, 28 and you're a 5 foot 10 midfielder or pretty much anyway, if you're 27, 28 and you're not a really, like one of the top like superstars and you're, if your team's not going anywhere, you're in a bit of strife. Yeah. They're, they're going to be playing young kids. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit, I mean, I'm, I kind of knew that. But as I said, my, my form and all that was, yeah, I, yeah. When you're playing, it doesn't make much sense to you. But I understand how they set up lists and yeah. and do all that stuff. Um, but in terms of how I was go- I was playing, kind of um, yeah, my, my form was as solid as it had been in every other year. So. And then you went back to went back to Nord and just dominated in terms of best and fairest in o two o three and o five, captain o two to o six. But unfortunately, there wasn't much team success. Beefy, it was a frustrating time as a Nord. As uh, as a Nord person, mate. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, when I first got, my first couple of years back, we were around the mark. Um, but I mean, there was a couple of pretty like certain Central Central were pretty good teams, and like that. So and they just knocked us over in, in a prelim, and um, we're probably oh, not stiff. They beat us pretty comfortably, but we were we were kind of a pretty old an older group probably by then. And then once we got beaten in the prelim, a heap of guys. <clears throat> 
stopped. And then yeah, there was a then we bottomed out a bit for the next few years. So it was yeah, it was it was just one of those yeah tough years. We had some good players, we just probably didn't have enough depth. Um, that was probably our biggest issue. And then you returned to Kersbrook, and really we could virtually do another whole interview on Kersbrook because you've played you've played two hundred and forty odd games for you played two hundred and thirty four games for for uh, Nord, hundred and eighteen AFL games. Now. I I did try and do some Google. The Kersbrook page I, I found pretty hard to navigate today. And you you were two hundred and twenty one when I wrote the article on you. So what was do you know what your end games tally was at Kersbrook? I didn't play much the last few years. Um, no, I would have been two thirty or forty probably so somewhere you, somewhere along those lines. So you've ended up on five hundred. So you've ended up on about five eighty five to five hundred ninety senior games of football. It's pretty. Yeah, it's I'm an incredible. I would have cracked. I would have cracked six hundred because I probably played, like, I played a bit of reserves at Collingwood and yeah, um, yeah. And and my first year I played eight or ten, eight, seven or eight games in it. So yeah, probably would have. I would have cracked six hundred easy enough. Now there's probably so. another two that we've got to add to that. Uh, you were involved in the 1998 State of Origin and 1990 State of Origin teams. Yeah, I said personally, they're probably more. I kind of hold them up as my personal biggest achievements that I had, like making those two teams. Like yeah. once again, when you're yep. young, when you're a young kid growing up, and in the eighties, you, you go, "Gee, I want to be able to play State of Origin." So to be able to do that for a couple of times, um, yeah, like personally, I, as a milestone for like something that I was aiming at, to tick those off was a pretty big highlight for me. Who was your favourite player to play with in that in those State of Origin years, say in 1998? Because obviously you get to play with a few players from other clubs. Who who yeah, was the one well, that stood out for you? Well, I just it's kind of weird because Craig Bradley was a Port player, so you know how you go, oh, he can't be a good bloke. Yeah, he was yeah. like, and he was an old veteran. And I'd played on him and he just run non-stop. But, and to chat to him, he was the nicest folk ever. So yeah. I always say, yeah. out of all the – he was fantastic to talk to. Yep. Now, back on the Kersbrook, so five flags. Is that correct, Beefy? Yep. Yep, so yep. five flags, 15 years. So, as I said, 240-odd games. You know, and the James with Paul, with Paul kicked a lot of goals as well. And, of course, Roger kicked 20-odd one game as well. So it was a real James family – and a family, you know, obviously you're involved as the fifth generation apple farm there, huge part yeah. of Kersbrook. So that obviously, you know, meant just a hell of a lot as well. And I really wanted to emphasise that because, you know, in terms of how much the Kersbrook Footy Club means to the James family. Yeah, well, I mean, we were, I mean, we were lucky enough that when we left, when we were, oh, well, left with Kyle, to a degree left, stopped playing there. I think my last game for Kersey was... Well, what was it under? Under I was fourteen, I think, when I left, and then started playing at Nord. You know, the next year, so I didn't go back. I was, I played my first game. So I think I got a game for Kersey when I was thirty-five, or heading towards thirty-six that year, or something. So um, I always said I was going to go back. It just took a long, longer than I thought. You know, probably when I left as a fifteen-year-old, I didn't think it would take that long to get back. But you know, I had a pretty good. Had a lot of fun along the way and, yeah, got back and, yeah, just enjoyed being, you know, you play footy because it's good fun and you get to spend time with your mates. So I kind of got to do that at the end. And being elevated the Nord Hall of Fame night, as I said, privileged. 
and I mean that word very much so, to be there that night. And it really came out in how emotional you were to become a lead, you know, become a member of the Nord Hall of Fame and the '97 flag, and that your speech that night was absolutely superb, Brett. Yeah, as I said, it's I don't know, it's just one of them things. You kind of don't expect it. Yeah, you play footy because you you know you love it. You don't kind of expect accolades like that. As I said, it was um, you know it's one of those things that just comes along. Um, but yeah, I, as I've said a lot of times, I was a I was a Nord fanatic growing up. So anything to do with the Nord Footy Club, I was always pretty happy. You know, pretty happy to be around the place. So yeah, that type of an accolade was kind of was icing on the cake. I did. I did keep reminding Brett that night with, that he was married to Alicia that he was going to star in the next episode of Batting Above His Weight too. And look, we did have a bit of fun on Saturday too, Beefy. Your um, you know, your runner for Nord under 16s and I knew yeah. Archie was playing. And I admit that's the first game I'd seen Archie play. And I didn't realise how tall Archie was. So how did that happen? Yeah, and no, I get and I get there, yeah, and I, so I'm walking along, you know, in the members stand, and and so I see Brett, and I've I've gone blood test. And Beefy's just turned and gone, lucky he's got my mannerisms, Ma- Malcolm. And there, there was some shocked look on these Nord supporters' faces, like, how dare <laughs> someone say that? Not knowing that I know Alicia, get on really well with Alicia. Alicia, Brett's, Brett's wife, I love it. And she is pissing herself laughing, and she's gone, height comes from the grandparents' side, Malcolm, and sat down and spoke to Alicia and all that. And people then realised, no, he does actually know the James family well enough to use that line. Yes, so it was it was a bit of fun on Saturday, mate. Yeah, no, he's, oh, he's definitely, yeah, he's a lot bigger than I am. So, um, yeah, I wish I, I'll, I'll be honest, I wish I had his build. <laughs> yeah. It would, no, have, no, it would have made life a lot easier rather than being the runt everywhere. No, he Being the runt of the litter. He was, he was good on Saturday too, and I thought... I thought that's the best I've seen our 16s play for the year on Saturday too. So I th- yeah, 16s are very, well, we, were, we were really, really good. We've been talking about um, pressure, and and that's the first time they've really been able to do it for four quarters. So it was it was a really good result, and I'm hopefully we learn a bit from it. And now we just got to wait and see with the college changeover. So there's probably be ten or so changes to the sides this week, at least. So yeah, the next few weeks, yeah, things change a bit. Yeah. Mate, we'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, I've done my homework on some of your coaches that you've been involved with, and boy, oh, boy, it's a star-studded lineup: uh, Neil Craig, Russell Ebert, Graham Corns, Tony Shaw, Lee Matthews, Neil Baum, and Malcolm Blight. That's a pretty fair resume, mate. Yeah, well, I think yeah. I've, well, but I made uh, I made the um, the SA Hall of Fame. And that was one of, in my speech, that's what I actually spoke about. I go, when you kind of grow up, you yeah. saw these absolute legends of the of the um, SNFL and to be actually, to go through it and uh, I think, I, like, Barry Robin was the team manager, or not team manager, select main selector when select, I first yeah. played for South Australia. Like, things like that, you get to meet them and, and, and all that. So, like, to meet all those people, it's just, you pinch yourself and, and that, it's kind of, was funny. They're all fantastic people. Um, you know, like all, my, all the contact I had with all of them, though, you just go, they, you know, they could play footy and they're just really good blokes. Um, so that's kind of out of footy. You kind of you pinch yourself some of the people you get to meet. Would you pick one out of all of them that you bonded with the best? Um, it's kind of weird. Probably, I mean, we had a fair bit of success with Blighty. I was like, Craig and Blighty probably taught me the most in regards to footy. 
Um, and a roadie as well. Peter Road should have got a, man, a yep. better a mention yep. there as well. Yep. Yeah, see, look, cause I, I played obviously the premiership with him, but I, because yeah, I was at Adelaide, yeah, I only played yeah, that's true. Yeah, a handful. Of, I played four games or something, I think, yeah. in the roadie. I was just lucky that you only needed three, three, three to qualify. To qualify. Yeah. So I think, yeah, so I, I can't, I could never, never judge Roadie too much because he, when he, when you came in, he said, just play um, to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like I said, probably Blighty and Craigie taught me the most. And I said, in terms, Blighty's just, he treats footy like it's footy. He just knows how it all works. And um, and it, probably if you spoke to me, I'd be saying all the things Blighty says to a degree because that's who I listen to the most probably. Yep, that's fair. And and obviously you're coaching at, at Kersbrook. Were you able to use some of those uh, speeches and tactics from some of those great guys? Yeah, I mean, that's... I always find the best way to coach is actually to teach. I mean, if you teach your players, then they, you kind of, you're trying to, to a degree, put yourself out of a job. Like if, you, if your players understand what to do in all the situations, that's, that means you, you're coaching, um, you're coaching well. So I always said that with, you know, body probably taught me little, little things that you need to do, you know, starting points and all that type of stuff. So, that, when I coached, I used to do the same thing to my players. I'd be trying to teach them so they actually knew the game. Once you know the game, you kind of understand when it works for you and when it doesn't and what you're getting wrong. So I think that's probably the, the best thing by did. Because he taught you the game, when things didn't work for you, you kind of knew why. When it did, you kind of could understand why things and it probably helped you adjust um, along the way. Oh, Brett, greatly appreciated, mate. Um, no, no problem. Look forward to catching up. Uh, I'll probably catch up with you on Sunday as well. So, yep. And uh, thank you. And we'll, we'll certainly try and uh, annoy Rog to get him on as well. So, greatly appreciate nah, it, Beefy. Thanks, mate. No problem. No worries. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Have a good one. Ta. Please like, rate, and subscribe.